Hello, Jeff Johnston, host of the Living Undeterred podcast. Uh, today, I have a special guest, Jason Leibowitz, the founder and CEO of XXO, which we're going to dive into that in a minute. Jason, I followed you for a while on LinkedIn. Like almost every guest I meet, it seems like LinkedIn is where we all end up meeting, uh, which again, I look back at COVID and I know it's been bad in a lot of people's lives. For me, it was it was great. I was able to just meet a lot of people that I wouldn't have met normally. Um with the lockdowns and everything. Uh, thanks for being on the show. I, I, I like, as my followers are aware of, I kind of like to be a little spontaneous and authentic and I let you derive where we end up going. And I think based on our pre show conversation that we had, we can end up in a lot of different exciting areas for the listeners. So thanks for being on the show. I uh, really appreciate the time you've taken out of your super busy schedule. Oh, thank you. I, you know, if it was, if it was more scripted or, planned out it feel a little more interview so i, I appreciate the, uh, the 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 actual conversation if you will wherever it goes I, I appreciate that yeah so let me let me find a little bit about before we go any further what what is xxo and then more importantly what is your why how, how did this idea pop into your head it seems like um one of the aspects that i'm seeing is the creative mode of people today seems to be in high gear uh, so many of us that normally would have been stuck in a nine to five job you know going to work wearing a suit and tie we're now coming up with apps and websites and amazing, you know, guides and processes for people that, you know, normally wouldn't have existed. So was there something in your past that made you think, Hey, I need to, I need to improve the lives of well-beings, or was this something that you've always been, been interested in your whole life? Definitely not something that's always been in my life. Uh, it definitely comes from my own struggles with being in healthy relationships uh, whether with myself, with others, and also looking at how, how the, the culture has really shifted over the past you know, 10, 15 years and, and really the past five years um, in, in technology and dating and so many other places where you know, we're more connected than ever before. Mm. And yet isolation and loneliness and anxiety and depression, all these things are on the rise while it seems like self-worth an actual connection is on the fall. Um, so I, I think all these things, while they were designed for deeper connection, are actually bringing us further from connection. Like you and I now, we can see each other. We're present with each other. Um, to me, this is the real intimacy in life. How, is, how, do, we, having, how, do, we get, how do we get to this point in history where we can, I agree with you, I'm, I'm 56, so I can remember the days where you know, we would go outside and play in the woods or we would find a stream and tip over rocks and find crawdads and snakes and things like that. It's like we could just really be one with the universe and we were a lot more connected to not just people, but things, you know. Um, and today everything's drive by, everything's fly by, everything's, you know, remote. Um, there's just that intimacy's gone. I'm I'm worried that it's not really there's nothing out there that makes me think that that's going to get a lot better unless people like you and I can come up with something, whether it's an app or a website or whatever. Maybe it's an, a presentation at a high school that you could talk about these things, but we've got to find a way to almost I go believe, back in time. Yes. I, I believe intimacy will become extinct. Hmm. And when I, when I speak of intimacy, I'm, I'm speaking of this in terms of, I, I look at connection as almost like a, a formula of vulnerability times intimacy. Hmm. Is connection and to uh, to me again us together in this environment right now sharing this moment this is actual intimacy for me and i love technology it's, it's brought us together i think there's amazing things out there but at the same time i think we ha we now have a fear of intimacy and a lack of connection to self and we run to the distraction, which it's all over the place. It's on this device. I don't know if we're on a video for, you know, being heard through a, a audio podcast right now, but holding my phone up, we're constantly attached to this. Mm -hmm. And to us, that's our, our place of connection. Um, but it's also a place we can hide behind. And to me, connection is not temporary artificial happiness of just getting that, that fix. It's actually diving in, in, in deeper. So, um, yeah, I, I, really appreciate everything you're doing to, to bring connection back and in different ways. And when we talk about connection, we're talking about well-being, wellness, and mental health as well. Connection to self-first. Um, do you see this ending badly for humans? 
Or do you see do you see us riding the ship here, hopefully quickly? <laughs> well, it's a very interesting time. Like literally this week, um, again, depending when this this is released, but like the week that we're in right now, there's so much happening mm. with with AI and Chat GPT and everything else, and um, amazing tools. But you can't automate human connection, right. and so I'm hoping, and you know, I'm I'm creating a space and I know you are too, where, um, we preserve connection. Mm -hmm. The best analogy I can give you my previous 33 years as a wealth manager, investing money for people, um, was, well, really a couple things. First one was day trading, you know, teachers could quit their job. They could go and get on a computer and open up a E-Trade account and they can trade options and make millions. And there was classes all over. And I heard all these pundits say, well, yeah, I think it's going to put the financial advisor space, you know, out of business. You know, why would you need a financial advisor? Well, <laughs> it's a great idea until it isn't. And 08 came, 01 came, markets crashed and computers can't hold your hand. All they can do is trade for you. They can try to predict things based on algorithms, but they can't do anything with that human so Jason, you're a client of mine, you and your spouse are 10 years from retirement. You've got 500,000 with us and, um, all of a sudden a one hits and now your 500s 200 and no computer is going to talk you off that ledge. You know, no, no model is going to say, Oh, uh, Jason, hang in there. Uh, history has shown that corrections always correct. Um, and the markets never stayed down permanently, but that's not going to matter. You're going to panic. You're going to get stressed. Your wife's going to be, or your husband's going to say, Hey, you know, don't do this, get out of the market. So your spouse will be on you and you'll be stressed and you'll be opening up your statements and everything's down. All your friends are selling. And, and so what do you do? You do the thing that you probably shouldn't do. And you know, you shouldn't do is that you sell, but a good advisor could say, Hey, Jason, let's go back to your financial plan that we did three years ago. And you remember we talked about stress testing your portfolio. So your 60, 40 portfolio is positioned to handle these types of things. We did a, what's called a Monte Carlo simulation. That's a tech technical term we used in investing where we would stress test like 10,000 scenarios and we would be like a 90% probability of success. So then I could say to the client, well, based on your plan, you're 90% going to be okay. Those are good odds. You're not going to be at a hundred. Sure. Sure. And so I, the problem is in this environment today, especially with mental health, there isn't really any way to, to stress test that. And I do think that with humans being involved, we'll, we'll always be needed. I, I don't, I just can't. And so what happened when the market crashed, all the teachers and doctors went back to their original jobs because the stock market wasn't fun anymore. And that, that, that could be AI's future in a way when we have some major, maybe a meteor hits the planet. Maybe we have some other horrific virus across the world where people are going to need the ability to call Jason and cry and talk and <laughs> computer just yeah. will never be. Well, I shouldn't say never, but I think that part's going to be hard for computers to replicate. Would you agree? Yeah. We're wired for connection. Yeah. As human beings, we're wired for connection. You, ca you can't replace that again, some great tools out there, but they can't automate human connection. And I see a lot of people are starting to feel this now over the, you know, watching the trends over the past 10 years of watching. Um, I mean, people feel more isolated and lonely now than ever before. Ever. And I'm talking about across people the board. who, Everybody. across the board, people who are married, yep. people who are in relationships, people who are not in relationships, people at work, they're all feeling the same thing. Yep. Yeah. So XO, XXO, tell us about that. Um, what is it? What's the idea behind it? How does it work? How does it help people? Um, as you say in your site, the whole human connection experience, which I love that, that phrase. Thank you. The way I look at the whole human connection experience, so many of us are living just fragments of it. And what I, when I say the whole human connection experience, I'm talking about emotional wellness, mental wellness, uh, spiritual, social, financial, uh, sexual wellness. We're covering all of the different areas of, of wellness and, and, and well-being. I wanted to create a platform where it's 100% live. Mm -hmm. And when I say 100% live, 
I don't mean streaming or or video content or anything else, like live in groups or one on one. We're actually in rooms with each other, um, creating. It's a live human connection platform, is what we designed, and it was something that kind of just came to me one day from, you know, everything that I've I went through, and I just saw this platform and what was out there, and again, things seem to be all about swiping and matching and. Um, likes and followers and metrics and everything else. And I wanted to take the technology of today to go back to human connection of yesterday. And so XXO was born. It's gone through many changes throughout the past couple of years. But ultimately what it is, it's it's a, a personal growth and wellness platform. We offer almost 80 live experience rooms per month. We have coaches and teachers all over the world who have a room every day. Um, we have meditation rooms, yoga rooms, uh, mindfulness rooms, um, what's your self-care average, rooms. average user, what's your average demographic? What's your average person? Is it male, female? Is it 30? Is it 50? I would say 35 to 55. Okay. Um, more on the female side right now. Okay. Um, seeing that kind of actually start to, to move in the other direction. That's um, probably pretty standard with most apps or websites similar to yours that females are, you know, they're more emotional than men. Men have a, and you and I talked about this, about the issue with that, you know, that men have a hard time opening up and being vulnerable. You said the word vulnerable earlier. Mm -hmm. I love that word. Um, your program allows people to become vulnerable, which is needed. And I think that's really the way to me, if there was one thing, somebody said, how do we get out of this mental health crisis we're in? I think it's storytelling, it's sharing, you know, hearing your story, I can sit back and then compare my life and say, well, you know, if Jason went through this and he seems to be okay, he's talked about his struggles with things. Maybe my situation isn't as bad as I thought, or maybe it's not as unique to me. Maybe we're all in this together. I think there's some, there's some power in that, you know, there's, there's, there's an energy and doing it together. And that's the other thing. When you're in groups together, it's just a different energy when yeah. people are in the room. It's and, and nobody feels alone. They start to open up because there's always these oh fuck moments of somebody yeah. else is being coached in the moment or going through something. And suddenly I can open up and, and know that I'm not alone in that. And we can begin to dive in inwards and, and begin the, the transformation. And, and that's the have, success have, of like AA is that community feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I gave, I stopped drinking five years ago, never been to an AA meeting for my benefit. I went to support Jason or support somebody else, but I could see the, the element of connection in those meetings, you know, having people with similar lived experiences, uh, in the same room, just going around the room, Okay, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Again, maybe maybe what I'm going through isn't that special. Maybe maybe it's um something that if Jason got better by doing X, maybe I could just copy Jason, do the same. Maybe it's a book he read, maybe it's a belief structure. But I think we need something, man. We are we are a mess and you know, my, my, my primary focus as it's gravitating to is Gen Z. You and I talked about that with our new app launching this summer, you know, but everybody needs it. I think I saw something the other day and nobody hold me to this. This is something I think is correct. Or at least it was a year ago where the highest suicide rates year over year, not numbers, but percentage increase were white middle-aged males in the United States. So you got thinking about that. It's like, that's me. I'm 56. I can certainly understand where men in their mid fifties, maybe they have a big fat mortgage. Maybe they're not making the 300,000 they thought they were going to make. Maybe they went, they got divorced and now they, now they have half of what they thought they had. Um, maybe they've got prostate cancer. Maybe they, um, you know, um, are alcoholic or addicted to pain, pain kill killers. So I could certainly see where that thought I've had that thought, you know, two Christmases ago, I, people that follow my story, they know I, I had, I had the gun in my hand. I mean, I didn't want to live. I would have been 54. 
I'd have been that statistic, but I found something and my two kids that, 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 that was in the back of my head. It's like, I can't, and my dad, you know, he's 90. It's like, I can't, if I did this, I'd be letting down, I'd be hurting so many more people. My pain would go away, but that pain would just carry on to other people and be magnified and be more intense because it'd be in more people. So if I can just work through my pain, I'm not going to pass that on to a hundred other people. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that selfish aspect of wanting to take my life became selfless in introspection. When I started digesting this, after I decided to put the gum back in my safe, how did this happen? How did I get there? And that's, that's the curious mind I have. And I know you're wired the same way. It's like, how did we get to these places? And then how do we get out of them? And then how do we stay out of them? Right. <laughs> we don't go back into the abyss as I like to say. Yeah. I think again, with, with so much today of, of we value our self-worth based on external metrics. Right. Again, like some followers, I, I think at the end of the day, we're as human beings, we just want to be accepted and not rejected. Mm -hmm. But so many of us haven't accepted ourselves. And when we haven't, um, that's when we, and with the lack of self-worth and we go into this, this very dark area comparing and, and when we, the reverse of that is when you finally accept yourself, it's such a liberating experience. And that's what I talk about is the connection to self. And when I talk about connection, it's not just to others, but to me, connection is the root of it all. It, connection begins within and travels outward. It's the mm -hmm. root of it is the core of connection to self. And once you have that, things suddenly shift in your life. But it's it's about prioritizing your own well-being to get there. So I want to ask you a question, and I'll make a statement. I'll go back to the question. So the question is, how do you do that? And my statement is this. The last couple years for, for me, so remember the question, how do you get self-worth, i.e., let's say purpose, is... I realized there was a part of me that wanted to continue the story, talk about Seth, talk about prudence, talk about my alcoholism, wanting people to kind of come into my life saying, Hey, it's okay. You know? So initially it kind of turned into a pity thing where I wanted sympathy. I wanted Jason to really say, Hey dude, I admire you. You know, I, I kind of, that was a drug to me that wore off pretty quickly because it was shallow. It didn't do anything for me. It just made me want more pity. So I started changing my perspective and I thought, and a good friend of mine told me this, by the way, I thought if I was in service, so this wasn't about me getting you to tell me, you know, how sorry you are. It was more of, I'm going to reach out and take five random people on LinkedIn, share their post, nothing about me, nothing about my projects, or I'm going to do something on my social media platforms where I'm just, I'm reaching out to people, complimenting them, supporting them, no expectations. And that in service really helped me with my self-worth. It gave me a sense of purpose. So back to my question, using that as a template, how do we increase our self-worth in other ways? Or is service, in your opinion, one of the best ways that we can start feeling better about ourselves? There's many, many answers to that. Uh, yes. Forgiveness is a huge one. Oh, good one. Um, you know, yep. the, the, I think the example That's you just huge. described. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the example you described before was you were living in your identity. Right. Your identity is who you were yesterday. Yeah. Um, and just because I we identify with some, something doesn't mean it's our identity. And and by by staying in that identity, you're living for yesterday, waiting for tomorrow, and just completely missing out on today, the present moment. So let me hold you on that for a second, Jason. So if yep. I hear you right, my identity at that point became Jeff Johnston, the father of a son who died from fentanyl and the spouse, the widow of someone who died from, of, of a, uh, my wife who died of alcoholism. That became my identity, which became almost toxic to my self-worth because that's everybody saw me as that guy. I think you hit something really good there. I think that is an accurate assessment. And that's what I went through a while back. Well, let's, let's, okay. So 
that is what's at the time. So well, I'm going to stay in that time. Yeah, that's yeah. what's that's what's safe to you. That's what's familiar to you. That's Correct. the known. Yep. Right. Is yep. matter is as unhealthy as it might be. Right. You know what to expect every day. Right. The other side to that is the unknown, what's unfamiliar to you, um, which is called the present moment. It's very unsafe, right? Because we don't we don't know what to expect. Moving over into that is transformation. Hmm. But but to get there, we need to essentially walk away from the person that we once were, which is your identity. Again, ego, just right? because you identify with it doesn't mean it's your identity. You're still going to identify all these things that you're talking about. It's your drive. But is it's it no the longer... same as your ego? Or, or are they just kind of like similar uh, aspects of the human? I, I don't think I, I, I would look at it differently. It's your personality. Okay. I don't think it's your ego. I think that, that that's your personality, who you stamped yourself to be. Right. And anything out of that box, that's not who I am. So I don't recognize or associate with that. Right. So so you stay in that moment. Um, so I, first, I want to say amazing the transformation you've gone through. And I, I don't know from A to Z of everything that it's been, but from from the time I've spent with you and understanding you've had a major shift transformation, mm -hmm. which is we never go back to the person that we once were. 100%. Right? I could I could change the shirt. Yeah. Tomorrow, wear a different shirt. I changed it, but yeah. I didn't transform. That person Transformation is, exist. I'll never, doesn't exist anymore. I mean, I mean, that person literally is dead to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so I guess the, 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 the answer to the bigger question now is, is it is transformation. How do we get there? Is right. we first have to, there's an awareness to it and there's an accountability to it that we need to finally prioritize our own life. We need to go without to go within spending time with ourselves, also finding the right places, um, where it's uncomfortable. Can you be, a, can you get aware of this Jason without hitting rock bottom? Like, are there ways, like, I think for me, my alcoholism, I became aware of it when bad things started happening in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, is there a way you could become aware of these things that seem to be toxic in nature to, to us? without getting to the point where you're incarcerated or you get divorced or something really, is there a way to are you see happy the signs, life? I guess? Are you happy in life? Right. Are you enjoying your life? Are you living your life or living somebody else's life? Right. And, and I think we all, we all, I mean, just a asking anybody, are you happy in life? If we're going to be radically honest, we're going to know the answer. And if it's no, then we need to take a, a you know, a step further inwards and, and figure it out. So, so yes, when you hit rock bottom, yes, that changes a lot of things, but it doesn't mean you have to hit rock bottom in order to start shifting your life and recognizing those changes that, that you do want to make in life. Do you think there's a big difference between the pursuit of happiness and achieving peace in your life? Like what's the difference in I, the pursuit of happiness words? sounds like bullshit. I, I what's that? The pursuit of happiness sounds like bullshit. Of right, of because it seems like a chase. It's so can. something that's yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked how, how you said that second one of of peace. And, and to me, again, when once you fully aligned, have a healthy relationship with yourself. In which case, you'll have healthy relationships with others. To me, that's like the ultimate peace. You're you're you've you've given permission to yourself to be to live your life. I can't think of anything more peaceful than that. It's funny. I had someone, I was listening to a podcast one time and someone had done something that wasn't really good. And they said, well, that's not really me. And the host said, but what happens if it is really you? You know, what happens if that, what would be wrong if lying really is you? Mm. And it got me thinking about that because we were, we're so quick to say, well, you know, I'm, I, I don't, that's not me. That's not me. But you continue these patterns that you keep saying, aren't you? Well, then where, where is, where, where are you? <laughs> you know, everything you're doing is you, you know, obviously something really once in a lifetime thing, you could say that's not me, but most times that, that phrase comes out without much thought. And, uh, the podcast host was really quick on jumping on that saying, well, what's wrong if it is you? Because if you can identify a negative trait like lying and you can acknowledge that that is you, then you can begin fixing it.
But if you keep putting it off saying, oh, alcohol's not me. Oh, lying's not me. Drugs aren't, drugs not me. Skipping school's not me. But you continually do it. Then what's wrong with saying it is you and just fix the problem, right? I don't know. Yeah, buying into your own bullshit. It's too, it's too pragmatic to think lifestyle. that way. <laughs> what's that? Sorry. I said, no, buying into your own bullshit can become a, an expensive lifestyle. We all do that though. I, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think curiosity combined with humility is like one of the ultimate gifts mm. when you, when you be really curious in life with, with a huge, uh, sense of humility, that's when, that's when you even see a lot of shift in your life. I don't think it's that simple to get there, but, but we can get there. Yeah. Humility is an awesome word. Um, altruism. You know, these, these words that are, again, going back to either understanding your role in the universe. Um, I meditate. I, I assume you do. You seem like you meditate just by your mannerisms and the way you talk. Most meditators are pretty chill. <laughs> you seem pretty chill. Um, but meditation for me has been a really neat way to be in tune with the universe you know it's like you're calibrating everything in your mind and your senses and stuff kind of that sense of oneness that there isn't jason across the, the screen here there's us there's we and if you can get that to feel that way with a tree or a cow or a dog i just think there's something that we're missing in humans today that we just we don't see the universe that way we see it as object you know, us and them. We see, we, well, uh, for, if, even aside from the animals, just people to people, yeah. we don't see each other as people. We see each other's profiles. Better, worse, even, popular, even, good looking. Evil. Yep, you're right. Democrat, even, even Republican. In, in, even in person, yeah. we're looking at them as a profile and not a person because we're so used to looking at everything as as a profile, whether even through LinkedIn or yeah. a dating app or yep. whatever on social media. Right. We're... So that's, that's where you, you lose the actual human connection. Hmm. And so your program allows people to uh, come into this community. Can they select which rooms they want to be in? Is it something where they fill out a assessment and get kind of put in certain rooms or? Yeah. So, so we, and, and I'll, it's not a, a, I don't want to use the word program. We're not a program or a course or, um, the way that's set up is when a member signs up, they do have access to all of the live experiences. Would a community be a good word? Community is a perfect okay. word. We're a live community. Gotcha. It doesn't get more community than that. Um, yep. Which and somebody asked me the other day, we were talking and, and they are, they're not inside access so they're not a member, but they've kind of followed my journey. And they said, but do you have a, a community? And I said, yeah, XXO. And they kind of paused. They said, but I mean, do you have, do you have a community? I, and I said again, yeah, XXO. And when I tried to, I wanted to get the root of what, what they're referring to. And to them, a community meant social media and posting and everything else. Right. And to them, that's, they think of community by a way of like how we post and, and interact through comments, um, which that's not wrong. That's also can be community. We happen to be a 100% live community through through these video rooms. So when a member comes in, they do have access to, um, they are onboarded. We have a head of connection experience, um, Claudia White, who meets with all of our members to essentially find out where they are in their lives and recommend, although they, the members have access to all of the different rooms, right. she'll start off recommending a couple so they don't get overwhelmed initially. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we we struggled with that designing our app because... We, we kind of figured that one of the, especially Gen Z now. So, I mean, it seems like our, your market's a little bit later than Gen Z, um, which I could certainly see how you're designing it to be effective to that market with Gen Z though, we got to thinking, you know, what's the purpose of what we're trying to do? Well, it's, we want to alleviate anxiety. We want to allow young adults to build a plan like a mental health portfolio. That's what we mental wellness portfolio is the word we're using because we feel if they put some skin in the game, you know, if they're involved in building this thing, they may, or they should respect it better. It's the old mm -hmm. story about 
buy your child a, a via, their first vehicle, you know, you, you go do it yourself or you have them throw in their summer money. They're more likely to drive that thing and take care of it a little bit better. If it's their own money into it. I kind of think, I kind of think mental health is the same way. I think if we engage kids to really look at this as an opportunity for them, they've already told us that mental health is the number one issue. It's their number one new year's resolution for Gen Z was mental health. So they've, they've told us that they're ready, but I struggled with that social media aspect because we talked to our designers and they kind of said, is that what you want for kids? Because that seems to be what it gets kids in trouble. Um, now your social media is different because yours is video and it's well, a lot. We're not, so, that's we're what not I mean. social media. Yeah, right. Your, yours is, yeah, you're not social media, um, yeah. which is, I'm happy you clarified that because people listening to this, I want them to understand yours is a, it's cert, definitely a different type of, um, of um, a mode there that it's uh, very community driven. But so again, with kids, it's like the problem with social media has been talked about with everybody is imposter syndrome and envy and jealousy. And kids don't always tell the truth on social media. Most of them are lying about how good their lives really are. And so I get up and I see Jason in Mexico swimming with dolphins and, you know, traveling and seeing climbing mountains. And I'm like, shit, my life sucks. Yep. You know, I, I should be comparison. Jason. Yeah. So with kids though, they, they go down and I think adults probably aren't that far off, man. That's one of the reasons why I'm not on Facebook a lot. It's just, you get adults real too. quickly, very frustrated because other people seem to be doing really well. And, you know, I'm sitting in down in my studio widowed at 56 years old going, I should be traveling the world with my wife and doing things like everyone else. So it's easy to get in that mindset very quickly kind of yeah. start feeling sorry for yourself. So we, we struggled Jason a lot with this app. It's like, how do we inspire kids by seeing other kids do well, but not make other kids feel envious. Mm. There's a really difficult dance there. So, well, when you, when you, again, when you remove the comparison, yeah, when there's no metrics or there's no posting or putting pictures up, right we're removing what like 99.999% of things are out there. Yeah. So now they can just focus on themselves. They can prioritize their own well-being. Right. While there's a, they're surrounded by these amazing humans and they'll start to open up and make these amazing friendships and everything else. Yeah. With the support of each other and being supported by that's that's real community, but there's no comparison. You're removing the comparison. Yeah. I mean that's that's another huge piece. Talked of, about self-care. It's like it's okay not to have the best podcast. It's okay not to have a bestseller, New York bestseller. It's okay not to have 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. And I think as much as some of the advocates I follow, I know their intentions are good. I do see a lot of um, unintentional posts that I think could be discouraging to other young advocates that are trying to build you know, their, their systems and their processes. And, um, I'm trying, I've learned a lot in the last six years. I'm, if you had met me six years ago, you said, this guy's a jerk. This guy's capitalist. This guy's self-centered. And it's like all these things really humbled me that now when I make posts, I'm really thinking about my post a lot more now. Am I supporting somebody? Is it, is it all about me? Is there a lesson like a moral, is there a metaphor I can use? And I think the supporting somebody's where I'm really focused on this, this year is, you know, you make a post instead of saying, Oh, great job. You know what you, you want me to do that, that, that helps you. But instead, maybe I could just reshare it and put a couple comments on it. And it takes about the same time. Even though I say great job, you know, everyone check out Jason's XXO and then hit, it takes the same amount of time, but one is substantially more impactful to you, you know, instead yeah, of me just, I yeah, putting a I, finger I would, up and saying, great job, Jason. Good job. You know, which I yeah. still do that, but I'm trying to be a little bit more, take the extra 10 seconds, Jeff, and really brighten up somebody's day, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I think with that, it's the first thing I think of is it's just a good engaging comment. So good job. Great job. That's, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. But by adding just a few more words of like, I appreciate it all. Right, I do too. When you go, but when yep. you add a few more words that you actually are diving in just a little bit deeper to comment mm -hmm. on that, that makes the difference. Yeah, I mean, we could get into 
LinkedIn and pods and all that other stuff, but that's not kind of where I want to go today. <laughs> but, I understand. But there's a whole nother world yeah. of like what, what you're subscribing to. But um, again, that's, it is the, the, the metrics that we're talking about of self-worth because it is all artificial, a lot of stuff that goes out there, which does goes back to then we're comparing ourselves to these others who we think are doing so much better, but it's all just completely a hundred percent artificial because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not real anyway from what's going on behind the scenes. So um, it goes back to that connection itself. Once you have the healthy relationship, you, you're not comparing yourself to others anymore. You so catch again, yourself. I, I keep going back to how do we, how do we do this? You know, I know for, again, I can only tell it's, you my situation briefly, exercise, healthy eating, meditation. I don't watch any TV. Um, in, in years now, I can tell you something funny. I went to the Chicago Bulls game last night to support Keegan Murray, who we're hoping to, to work with on our, on our app. He starts for the Sacramento Kings. And on the way back, I had four hours. It's one in the morning. I decided to go on Twitter. <laughs> Big mistake. I mean, an hour and a half goes by. My neck hurts. I'm just doom you scrolling. Lost. And somehow I started off on very innocent things. I ended up on these videos of people getting beaten up at Walmarts and stuff. Like, how in the hell did I go from that to that? And, and I, I, I just got off it again. This is why I got off this stuff is very quickly. I got into doom scrolling and just polarized watching fights and people throwing just, and it, it's just, it's a sad state of affairs that you just can't go on something like Twitter. And when in a very short amount of time, just get into just non-productive things that mm -hmm. our time sucks and, you know, I'm not even on it much, but when I am, it's just mostly negative. And there are some people that just live on this stuff, you know, every day. And then they watch Fox News and CNN. And I, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that we can get out of this, but I'm impatient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for us, we, you know, we built the environment that, that works for us and for our members and it's it's far from from those other places and, and they're away from the negativity mm -hmm. uh, we are a, and i always say a raw fucking platform though mm -hmm. we're raw inside but but we're doing the work together and we're away from all the other metrics and comparisons and isolation and loneliness we're, we're there together where, Big difference. Where does AI benefit you down the road? I mean, this happened quickly. Like Chat GBT. I mean, that literally. I we started our app in November. We haven't even launched it, so you're way ahead of us. Um, but just in the middle of building this app, we've got now this thing out there that's moving at the speed of light. So, how does this impact us positively to increase our well-being? So, so for inside the XXO platform. It doesn't because again, we're hundred percent live with our coaches and teachers, how it benefits us outside is, is, is messaging is finding people. So mm -hmm. again, those are great tools you can use to your advantage to find people. It's not what happens inside our platform, but it's a great way to, to attract your allies on the outside through social media and through other ways of letting them know that you're out there. My fear, obviously, is how do you know these are people? I mean, that's the thing with bots we, and we, all this. Well, um, we do, yeah. We, I mean, you guys do. You guys don't have we're, that. Problem, we're a membership, so yeah. We're for people who think so. they're communicating with a person on Twitter, yeah, it could be very likely. It could be an AI generated, you know, thing that you're arguing with. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's trying to get you mad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like that on, on, on social media, dating apps and so many other places. Right. If you can't see the person, you don't know if you're just texting or DMing, you don't know what's on the other side. So I've never been on a dating app. Obviously I've been widowed now a couple of years. Um, that thoughts crossed my mind a few times. I'm terrified of them. What, what is a good dating app? Um, what, what, what's the difference between what you guys have and what's already out there? Um, you know, and again, what's the benefits of a dating app? Cause obviously I don't drink, so I don't go to bars. I don't go out. So it's like for me to meet somebody, the benefits of Iowa, the dating app, you know, this is yeah. <laughs> the benefits of not a whole lot is, going on in Iowa, but it's like, do you, 
sell me on sell me on me using a dating app. <laughs> okay. You got to stay single and feel isolated and lonely. I'm there already. <laughs> there, there, well, I'm already there. Those are reasons. Well, then you don't need the app. Well, no, um, I, I, I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean, I, I'm already not in a relationship, so it's like I, there's no downside for me using an app. In other words, I, know, I got you. I, I can't I, be more single the, than I am. Well, when you get there, you actually do feel more single. It's weird how it works. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just not a fan. We we built. Maybe I just so don't understand it then because I've never been on one. So our, our platform is not for just people who are single. Um, mm. but, but we do have a component in our platform too, for those who are, mm. um, but we we're, we don't have profiles or swiping or matching or DMing or anything that happens, which is, those are the main components of a dating app for us. It's all building a healthy relationship with self first and then each other, regardless of it's romantic or you're married and you're just working on the relationship with yourself. And, gotcha. and, and also, so, so we're a wellness platform. It's all about mindset and self care and relationship with yourself and, and all different ways um, where you're getting access to these, these coaches and teachers and community. So it's nothing like a dating app, dating app, you get, Profiles, matching, swiping, interesting DMs. Gotcha. Yeah, it's very tra um, transactional. And so, do people end up together on your app? Well, I, I don't mean like hooking up, but I mean, do you actually introduce two people to say, "I like e we like each other." They're in a similar area and they end up going out. Maybe they get married, and you got a success story. I mean, yeah, we so we're we're a, the we're a connection platform, so we don't focus on that, right? And we're not. We, although we have an app, we're not, we're more of a platform okay. and people are meeting in these, in these rooms together. Um, and they can go further down the road if they want on their own, right? They can go further. Okay. And we do have an app that functions almost like a WhatsApp where they have access to each other. Okay. Um, so, so they can get to a one-on-one -on -one also. It's very different though. People who come to our platform are there because they value wellness, personal growth, mental health. They value prioritizing their own well-being, and, and they're working on themselves no matter if they're in the beginning of the journey or they're advanced, we have all different experiences and rooms for everyone. Um, what we're doing is we're eliminating, I mean, we're getting right to human connection. Hmm. How are people so, finding out about you? Is it, is it like, you know, it's mostly LinkedIn or is it Instagram? Is it? Yeah, it's, it's all, it's all the platforms. Okay. It's all the platforms and meeting people and word meeting of mouth people and, and wording. Mouth, yeah. Oh huh. Yeah. What's the next evolution of your right now we're going into well-being for the workplace. Oh, so good. for companies who are committed to their employees, mental health, wellness, personal growth to offer, um, all of their employees XXO access. So they get their, their employees get a full personalized wellness experience to reduce stress, burnout, anxiety, loneliness, um, and for the companies to increase retention and um, just have healthy employees and, and actually give, give their employees something that they actually want to use. Cause there's so many things out there. They'll give employees that they just don't care to use. Uh, and we're again, hundred percent live. So it's not like just giving them something just to, to have, they're having these live experiences, which to us, we accelerate the growth. We accelerate their life. We accelerate their relationships. We accelerate human connection. We accelerate the company's growth because of the growth they have with their employees. And the so that's right of... now. Go ahead. Sorry. What's that? I said yeah, no, timing, that's... unfortunately, couldn't be any better. I mean, yeah. you know, I think any mental wellness emphasized app, presentation, workbook, workplace curriculum, you know, anything is needed. We don't have enough. I mean, just in certain areas, you get people that are having addiction problems. You know, there's, I think, what? 10% of the people addicted have access to help. Hmm. It's massive. It's massive. And so I think I just took a call today from a dad whose son is 34 and struggling with some things. And, you know, there's a wait list on two, two places he called. Um, so he called me and I hooked him up with somebody and I don't know how it's going to go, but it's like, you know, in some areas are like, you know, full summer, not enough, you know, but 
we all know that what we're doing as a as a society is not working and that across the board black white rich poor male female straight gay doesn't matter um well-being is suffered and it's it can get better and that's why you and i do what we do right you know try to introduce people there's going to be a lot of people that never heard of you that now will and um they can reach out to you um they may join your community. They may not. They may just follow you and support you on LinkedIn. And it's all, I've got this little thing I learned this summer when I went around the country, you know, again, talk about humility. Went out to raise a million bucks. I raised like 35,000. I spent a lot more than that, trust me. So I was humbled very quickly. I thought people would just jump on board and support us and corporate America would see the RV and write me checks and didn't happen. Not the case. Yeah. I met a lot of people that walked up to me at campsites and gas stations, but I got crickets from corporate America. It's like mental health. They weren't ready yet last summer. Yeah. Um, we're going around again this summer doing a much smaller tour, but the hope is that mental health now is on the, you know, the lips of everybody right now. Uh, so I think your segue into the workplace is a great idea for you. I think you'll be well received. You know, I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's too bad. That's kind of where we're at today as a society. You know, it's, um, I think it's the hardest time, especially for kids to be a teenager in, in, in the world is I thought what the statistics came out about, um, about teenage women or girls. I mean, it's just like, it's gone like mm -hmm. this with their dissatisfaction with their lives to, you know, just in the, in the last like five years, it's just quadrupled. So we've got a whole subset of teenage girls out there that are just in really bad places. And it just it doesn't have to be that way, right? I mean, it doesn't have yeah. to be that way. No, it's it's amazing too how, you know, transformation doesn't happen overnight, but it begins overnight, happens over time. Mm. It's just, we can all start just like that. We just have to commit to ourselves. And, and the biggest thing I see so many is, just the excuses. Right. I don't have the time finding the time and it's no, you're not prioritizing hundred percent. You just don't want to prioritize. You don't have to prioritize 14 hours a day. Right. You have to just schedule 10 minutes. Yeah. And you, if you're not even going to do that, you're just, you're not prioritizing your own life. And if you're not going to commit to yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. I mean, the easiest thing hands down is your health. Because That's no it. one forces anything in your mouth. You know, everything that goes in your body, most everything is voluntary. It's a choice. You know, we were at a gas station yesterday coming back and I sat, there was McDonald's and there was Subway. Not earth shattering choice. <laughs> you know, and yeah. sometimes I, I very rarely I make the wrong choice. I pick McDonald's um, for me. That's just not a good choice. But if you if you take... 10 of those choices in a day, let's say you're at the fridge, you oh, open it up, you see grapes and carrots, or you see a candy bar in the fridge or something, you know, if you take 10 of those a day, and let's say you're, you're used to doing nine poor choices and just go to seven, right? Don't become mm -hmm. vegan overnight. <laughs> you know, don't just kind of acclimate yourself into these things. I think that is, and I think you're in the same agreement. That's probably the best course for most people, small bite-sized chewable action items that you can do. And I've always had the mindset when I go to the store, I play a little game is everything that I buy. I look at the label and I'll always go with the, the healthier, not the healthiest, mm. but the healthier option. Even if I'm getting ice cream, I'll go with the, um, not vegan. What's the word I'm looking for? Gluten-free or what, just anything that's a little bit better than what I was going to get. Orange juice, I go with the low sugar option. Milk, I go with almond. You know, it's just like, and I, and I do that, and my cart is full of healthier choices, right? Mm. Why can't we all do that? We're all able to, but are we all willing to? And that's the, the answer is no. We're not all willing to. Right. And I hear the excuses, well, eating healthy is expensive. No, it's not. It. I, I would argue with you. I could go to the healthiest stores here in Cedar Rapids and go through with intention, take my time. Don't be on my phone. Look at labels. 
Um, I'm fairly certain I can compete with costs and what you would do, go to McDonald's seven times a week or, or whatever you do, you know, it all goes back to what's, what's safe for us. What's known, what's familiar to us. Yeah. And is it really a cost or an investment, right? Mm. Let's say you spend more on healthier food. If your mindset is Jason, that that's a cost. That's like looking at your employees as salary. You don't have employees, you have stakeholders. You don't have anyone that works for you. They work with you. And that's the only way you can be a leader of an organization. You can't go into the store with a mindset that you're there to save, you're there not to spend money on healthy food. You got to say, I'm investing in my health. Instead of dying at 70, maybe I'll die at 80. That's 10 extra years I get. And just change your mindset. And the excuse people tell me is, oh, eating healthy is expensive. I just, I, I curl when I hear that. I'm like, it, even if it is, how is your health a cost? You know, mm. right? I mean, having triple bypass heart surgery, that's expensive. I mean, we could play that game forever, right? I could have triple bypass. I'm in, I'm in good health. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have a heart attack, but I'm lessening the odds of these things happening. That's all I'm doing. So I don't know. Keep fighting a good fight. That's the plan. Hey, listen, how do people reach you? What's the best way to get in contact with you? If people want to get on XXO right now, how do they do that? XXOConnect.com. That's simple. That's simple. XXOConnect.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and all the other platforms, but I seem to prefer LinkedIn. I do too. More than the others. Yeah. I do too. I, yeah. I get a lot more benefit on LinkedIn, but listen, man, uh, really enjoyed this. Appreciated it a lot. Um, appreciate what you're doing. Looking forward to collaborate potentially, but certainly at a minimum support what you're doing. There's again, no downside to, to collaboration. I've learned that over the years. Um, anything else you want to kind of wrap up with? Just appreciate you sharing your energy with me today. And thank you for everybody who's watched or listened. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.